Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Basor. Today is episode 121, and uh, welcome you back, a uh, good friend of the show and of Redemption, Paul Talinda. Paul, thanks for making time uh, in between uh, some court, some court thanks. stuff today. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Appreciate it. You got it. You got it. Got some some fun stuff to talk about right here, especially uh, the Wednesday after Giving Tuesday, and talk about uh, some of the great work that Paul's been doing for the Redemption Foundation and Glenn. But first, want to say hello to Nate. Just uh, stones throw away over here at Redemption, Nate. Um, good to see you on uh, on the camera. <laughs> no, absolutely happy to be here, and uh, you know, definitely really grateful for a lot of Paul's work on a lot of. Uh, the things a lot of Glenn and a lot of other things we're going to talk about today. So excited to hear some stories and uh, happy to have him on the show. Cool, cool, Kevin. How was your Thanksgiving? Your Thanksgiving was great, man. Um, I got to watch a really super exciting Lions game, which <laughs> yeah. which uh, didn't turn out in our, our favor like I wanted to, but uh, very encouraging. Um, had some really good turkey, uh, over eight uh, by a lot, um, and uh, yeah, got to see family, so it was it was great. Yeah, awesome. Uh, might need to hire a clock manager. Uh, we'd be we'd be you know, right up there at the top of the league right now. So, Everybody very encouraging. Mistakes, very encouraging. At least we don't give up anymore. That's right. Um, yeah. So, Paul, uh, a, a little bit longer introduction. Paul's been on the show before, uh, and uh, you know, we uh, we went down memory lane. But for those that know, I, I met Paul early on in two thousand, early two thousand and ten. Um, when I got involved with uh, Cannabis Patients United, and then uh, a lot of the other business owners, you know, uh, you know, Paul uh, has been the attorney uh, probably, um, on the business side and probably the legal side for our good friend Nick Agro and the Agros. Uh, back when uh, I was getting raided, the Agros were too. That's a well-known, well-known case. And you know, 13 years ago, basically, wow. Um, and then obviously the Am the Amstels, Deborah and Jim, who were founders of the Mac, uh, along with myself and others, and then in many many more cases. So Paul's been there, seen it all. Um, you know, he's been there from uh, from very 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 early on, and you don't hear. It's one thing you don't hear anyone really talking bad about Paul, which is rough in the, the legal world that's been around for 13 years in Michigan cannabis. So you're doing definitely doing a lot of stuff right. But, uh, you know, um, uh, from an activist side of it to, uh, you know, getting into the business side, it's uh, just like a friend, you know, uh, upstairs, Josh Covert and, and different things like that. It's, it's fun to watch. Um, you know, Paul has really spearheaded from our, our legal side with the Great Lakes Expungement Network and worked real close with Josie and team to, to, to get that efficient and, you know, to basically now, as we just posted yesterday, we've done over a million dollars in free legal care, um, which is amazing. You know, uh, you know, Glenn, uh, people, people think expungements, uh, stores call us and say, hey, come, come do a bunch of expungements for us and we want to take all the PR and we're not going to give you any money. And they're like, well, it's going to cost us, you know, $30,000 just to do uh, 30 of those that we get. You know, people think that it's just free and it's no, we're, 
we're raising money and we got people like Paul leading the way along with some other great great attorneys that are doing it at a discounted rate because uh, nobody nobody expects anybody to to work work for free but we're we're given such such a value so Paul um, you know why don't you take I know you're you were on a, a little bit of a, a time crunch uh, you know with court but you know take about three or four minutes tell us about yourself uh, um, you know where you grew up, how you got into cannabis law, what you're doing now, and then let's let's talk about Glenn uh, and get into yeah. what uh, what you're doing with, with with Glenn, please. Yeah, you got. It. I uh, I've been an attorney for oh I don't know since 2009, 2008, somewhere in there. Um, from the east side of town, I uh, I'm just a burnout that made good. I was just a kid that was into heavy metal and punk rock that was told he couldn't do anything, so I decided to do it all. Um, you know, one of those terrible stories of your kid that isn't going to amount to much. So you, know, you believe that for a while until you turn the world around and change yourself. So, um, you know, the motivation to uh, the motivation to help others was really a recognition of the the help that I needed to get through the difficult points in my life. And I was, you know, lucky enough to ideally can find some of those more difficult parts of the earlier stages of my life. So now I, uh, you know, in terms of, of me sharing my gifts with the world and in really in, in sharing my candy with my friends, you know, being a lawyer is that avenue. It's that, uh, it's, it's, it's fulfilling and, and very gratifying in the sense that, um, you know, throughout my day, I get to help people. I get to make a difference and I get to improve people's lives. I get to help them uh get past certain things in their lives or get past certain hurdles that at times they may have chosen and other times may have been thrust upon them um it's you know i've always said that most jobs are not jobs they're vocations everything you do is a calling you get up to do it every day because you can't resist you can't stop and that's been my practice that's been my my focus because the people that i deal with and and the, the encounters that i have with them they're personal to me. These are these are real people. These are 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 regular folks, right? The, the names that we went through and the cases that I've been on, these aren't just clients. These are friends. These aren't just people. These are these these are close friends. These are people that we've you know gone through a lot and been through a lot. And uh, I, I consider myself very fortunate and very lucky to to be a part of that. You know, never mind that I can help navigate and help minimize some damage and help really mitigate some of the uh, of the problems but you know being in the attorney being an attorney has been um fulfilling for me in not just the you know some of the selfish endeavors that i can afford to feed my family and drive a car and things like that but really for um you know doing more for those that can't do for themselves and that's you know part of where i came from was uh was asking others for help was asking you know, and looking to others for guidance and looking to others for um, leadership, right? And now being able to return that, and I see you do that every day yourself, Ryan, right? You're, you're, you are merely, you know, sharing with the world what you have. You're giving back and, and really um, giving back that knowledge and that experience that has helped help you. And it's done for the same for me. Um, you know, getting into cannabis for me was a no-brainer. I've supported cannabis for a long time. And then recognizing that uh, in the creation of a medical application, that the problems were only going to get worse, not better, because we were fighting cannabis from a, uh, a political point of view and a, and a public relations point of view. 
which is the fancy way of saving, saying we are fighting reefer madness, right? And getting over that reefer madness hurdle and getting through some of the optics of the cannabis industry, it was a long road. I mean, Ryan, you've been through the through the through the ringer through it, and most of our friends have, and most of the people that um, either are still in business or have left the industry uh, have gone through the same same roads. So, you know, the again with 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 the law being a vocation, you know, my endeavor to to help people snowballed, right? I wanted to make a difference, and that helped others, and it, it got, you know, it. it was promotional for me, right? I never, I never sought to advertise. I never sought to to have a big fancy website or a billboard or anything of the sort. It just was word of mouth, and it was the, you know, the, perhaps the success of doing the right thing, that has kept me in business. Um, you know, I'm I'm very I'm very proud and happy of the of the fact that when I get phone calls from people, it's, I got your number from this guy. This guy said I should call you. This guy tells me to call you that you're the one that can help. Um, that's flattering. You know, I don't need to, I don't need to be the biggest um, law firm in the world. I, because I can provide, you know, very, very intimate and direct services for, for the clients that are there. Um, in terms of the, the, the trajectory of cannabis, you know, we've been through a lot to where, you know, most of my practice was dealing with SWAT teams and dealing with cops after they've kicked your door down and dealing with the, um, the Al Capone nature of cannabis that, was so prevalent and was frankly the program that they knew how to operate up until very recently. Um, since that time, you know, I, I, I'm very entertained by the change in attitudes, right? I'm, I'm mildly cynical by those who used to be so uh, uh, resistant to medical cannabis and resistant to the way that the laws are written to now treating it as if they were always on board. And if they were always, you know, whatever the law said, I've always supported, right? There was recently a judge who in the last couple of weeks ran for court of appeals and it was an Oakland County judge. And that judge was notorious for locking up patients and caregivers. That judge was notorious for issuing terrible opinions that had to be slapped down what by was the his court name? of appeals. Judge Warren. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Right? So now when he wants to run for court of appeals, what's he do? He puts up a big billboard on the Hazel Park Ferndale border that says 420, protect your rights, vote Judge Warren. So I had to take a picture and circulate that and ask if that was the same judge who made a terrible ruling in Carruthers that yeah. was supported by the Court of Appeals that had to be, the law had to be changed. If that was the same judge that said there was no distinction between Section 4 and Section 8. If that was yep. the same judge that, that jailed Mr. Hartwick and Mr. Tuttle. Right. If that was the yeah. same guy that said this wasn't the way the law was until the higher courts came down and said, sorry, it is. And then no harm, no foul. He carries on as if nothing happened. But that's where we are with this, uh, the cannabis hangover, right? Yep. Which is you get the, 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 the bandwagon chasers, right? Which is the, oh, I've always supported cannabis and I've always been on board. And now that it's legal, we can finally come out and save yeah, well, I want to interrupt. I want to interrupt you real quick, just because I you you just hit on a great point. I listen to podcasts to gain information, see what people are saying of of business side of it. You're you're watching the legal, and I you know 
do everything I can not to post uh, and correct things. That's one of the things we, reasons we started this podcast. It's happening so much on the business side of people making up stories. Um, and, you know, like we, we, we were there, Paul, like from, you know, 10 on, like didn't see these guys. And uh, in fact, a lot of them worked against us and now they're, they're visionaries and, you know, and all that. So anyways, it's, it's happening on the business side and, we kind of keep that in check, and I'm glad you're doing it on the the judge side. So sorry, carry on. Well, no, and that's and that's part of it because it, it really has to do with the uh, sort of the insincerity of the position. And I used to um, uh, I give presentations to other professionals, lawyers, and other realtors, and things like that. And one of the things I gave in my presentations was uh, I made the statement that the worst part about cannabis is it makes you a hypocrite. And I gave the example of David Gorsica who was the Oakland County prosecutor who said famously that there was no such thing as medical cannabis, who then later on was in the paper saying he was so happy to make these medical cannabis applications for his clients so they could join the business. And now he's part of the cannabis law section and uh, he certainly has uh, perhaps uh, seen the light or perhaps seen the green when it comes to <laughs> his interest in cannabis. And, and that's always been the part of it is that, you know, for the, the conversations that we have, we've never maintained, we've never, we've never changed our position, right? Our, you and I have talked cannabis in the same way that we have for the last 12 years. Um, but now that it's a commodity, now that it's a business opportunity, now that it's a, it's sexy, it's new, it's fun. Um, it's, it's formerly dangerous. It's, it's this, it's this new what's next. Um, everybody's jumping on the bandwagon. And, and the funniest thing that I'm sure you guys see every day is that I get people that, you know, for the last five years, they'll call me and be like, hey, man, I heard that you can make money in cannabis. Did you know about this? <laughs> sure. OK, tell me your tell me your wonderful ideas and how this is brand new to you and all. And no one's ever done this before. Right. But that also gets into, I've got the best grower. I was just I was just going to say, right. <laughs> what? If I, I always tell all of my clients, anybody who will listen, <laughs> ask anybody who grows the best pot and they'll say, I do. Right? Yeah, I never that say, is, we got a mediocre or we got a bad grower. <laughs> no. And, and I tell you what, I, I, I've made myself the bad guy by calling people out on that and saying, oh, you got the best grower? How come the last five conversations I've had today also had the best grower? One of you, no, four of you are lying. Who is it? Is it you? Is it the other four guys? How do you know? How do you prove it? Mm -hmm. Right. But it's, it's the same bravado that you have to believe you are the best in order to try to survive rather than recognizing, you know, there's no, there's no problem mediocrity if you can succeed at it. Right. I mean, and that's, that's the whole bit is that everybody thinks you have to grow the best pot. You don't. No. Right. I mean, is the best pot used in vape pens? No. Is the best pot used in, in uh, edibles? Probably not. Right. Because there's no bag appeal to those things. There's no big fluffy green buds that are, you know, super sexy high time photos. You're looking for THC content and it doesn't matter what that looks like, frankly. So people's, you know, as as the business progresses and really as it matures into a uh, a, a regular business, a regular commodity, um, it's it's proving to be the, the 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 truth test for everybody's position of who grows the best. You know, if you see good flower, I mean, you know, good flower when you see it. Yeah. And are you actually seeing all the flower? And I go back to the position of you've grown great flower, goods sell that great flower, but you're still probably farming out the smalls. You're still probably turning your shake into pre rolls, and you're still probably maximizing what the butchers call the whole animal, 
right? You're using from the rooter to the tutor, you're making chops and bacon and ground and everything in between. Yeah, so especially even with the best, even with the best, the best flour out there, you, you're going to charge more, and there's a limited market for that. So you know what it takes to grow the best flour costs more money, but then you know you charge more, and there's you know that's not you're not going to go sell a thousand pounds of that a month in Michigan, uh, which a lot of a lot of people thought they would. That you have a different business model than people are finding out. A hundred percent, because there there's right now cannabis still has a parity with its value. Right, we haven't got to the idea of there is a um, the twenty-five dollar bottle of champagne and there's the four hundred dollar of Cristal. Right, the the distinction between like the best ounce for two hundred bucks and you're not going to have the best ounce for eight hundred bucks because the market's not going to recognize the distinction in value or quality in that six hundred dollar difference. Right, they might recognize it and say, well, that ounce is worth two hundred or that ounce is worth three hundred. But, you know, I, I would love to see an ounce that's will fetch 800 bucks in the market. That's actually worth it. Yeah. Rather and, than just being a, a focus of gouge. And, and uh, this it sounds like this sounds like one of my conversations on the phone when we get going. They, I mean, uh, 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 Paul, of so, uh, but I know we, we definitely uh, wanted to pivot uh, uh, to uh, make sure we talked about Glenn, Great Lakes oh, Management yeah. Network. Um, and, and, you know, you know, thank you for, for all the support. And then, you know, talk about that, talk about the structure and, and what we're doing from, from your side of it. But it is, it is amazing. We've done, you know, you're a big part of that a million dollars in, in legal care. And, uh, we just, uh, thank you so much. And, um, yeah, love to hear Glenn, your side of it. Glenn has been remarkable in it. It really has been, uh, the legal version of if you build it, they will come. And the idea of saying, hey, we're here to advance former cannabis convictions, but mostly just to get people, let's say, to zero, right? So they don't have this these 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 heavy black marks on their record, these big red Fs that they see when the police, you know, stop them or see their record that that are holding them back. Um, and and the response has been to say the response has been overwhelming is an understatement because it, you figure, hey, we'll put the feelers out there and we'll get some responses. But the responses that we've given has been just, it's been over the top. People calling for all kinds of reasons, people getting, you know, asking questions, whether or not they're eligible, right? They, they want to understand how the change in law can benefit them. Um, and the process has been, I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way, is that the frustration hasn't been with anybody but the government. You know, when we when we deal with these applications, you know, the, the questions are simple. Let's get your background. Let's get your information and then we'll get your fingerprints and we'll start. it. And once we get the process going, it's typically the communications with the attorney general's office or the court. That's been the delay. And in how the process works is that you submit your fingerprints, you send it to the state police, you send it to the attorney general's office and they send you back a response indicating if you're eligible. And once you have those responses, you can go to the court and they will grant your motion if you are then eligible. And really the hangup has been the, the four months it's taken to get the attorney general's response. So you have this, what I call like the message in a bottle problem where you throw out the application and hope the thing comes back to you. Um, when we were seeing it, it used to be a six, seven month wait time. Now we're getting into four months. But once the, those cases get to court, the tendency is that the judge has said, hey, if you've made it this far, 
the 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 presumption is you are eligible and you know the presumption is that state law says that this is good for the public and if you've been deemed worthy of the privilege then we shall grant it so i haven't seen a lot of resistance to um the overall program which has been great because as soon as people leave court say hey look here's a paperwork that says you're no longer a felon you know that's right behind the birth of their first kid right it's right behind their the wedding it's right behind it's it's a whole new day for them it's the beginning of a new life it's it really is shedding that old weight that they've been carrying around as a an actual or or perceived burden um and the work that we've been able to do and and the efficiencies that we've been able to do it have been, just been it's been remarkable i mean i i i can't give enough credit to Josie and for the other participants to for making things happen and for getting things into the hands of the attorneys so that you know we can continue on and 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 carry that flag and, and complete the process um but it's been you know I, for as much as it's been life changing i would say and and very beneficial to the applicants and the people that have had their records uh, records cleared i believe that the program itself has done more for the state of Michigan as well because now you have people who have not just an attitude adjustment towards their lives and their background and in turn their future but now they have more of the actual ability to participate in some state programs some state systems because they don't have felonies right even something as simple as getting life insurance or getting other types of insurance or other types of obligations uh, or responsibilities in your lap because you no longer have a criminal record I have clients that come to me and say if I can get this cleared by the end of the year I can take a promotion. And that is, you know, improving your life is really what we're all about. I mean, really what everybody wants to do every day is to make their life better and again when when we can be a part of that and when Glenn can really, you know, lead the charge and and make it easy and efficient for people to change their own lives with our help. I mean it's been it's been unmatched. You know, I I've I've never seen something as positive as this um get so much support and have such a just a just constant good news. You know, every time I I the week my weekly conversations and every time I talk with with Josie and the other participants it's you know there's there's expressed frustrations about the process and about dealing with some of the courts that are just like dealing with people, but overall it's been it's just been tremendous i mean the redemption foundation has been uh it, it's huge i mean this to me this might be the biggest actual impact that the cannabis community is having on the state in total well i you know we we really appreciate that and you know just just uh amazing thing you know we've we had the cannabis gives back telethon again this year and you know through sons and daughters redemption foundations doing the the uh, the holiday grant and that's going great but then you know this this saturday down at uh, Benton Harbor um, beautiful location you know, Josie put it together a black tie a gala for Glenn and you know uh, she just posted I think we're at 35,000 donations we're at 8,000 in valued of of auction items we're um also going to be you know other other things will be being raised there so like just it's picking up steam um you know sometimes it feels like it takes a long time but um this thing about where we were till last year so it's i just can't uh you know be more thankful enough and and uh you know i was having different flashbacks i had a flashback of us sitting at big daddies and you know i've had a lot of those lately just just hearing you talk uh on things like that but um you know 
Um, before we got to go, unfortunately, because uh, you know of timing, we could talk talk all day about this. Um, you know, what are, what are you seeing as far as like uh, with with your current operators? Um, you know, it's a struggle out there for for most. Um, you know, people that are lean are, are doing it, but uh, you know, just a, a quick take from the business side of it um, before we uh, before we're gonna say goodbye. You know, I was gonna say that I the. I'm hearing a lot of complaints, right? Everybody in the industry is complaining right now. And I think that's just based off of, you know, pure revenue because it, the, the sales numbers aren't hitting their marks, right? The, the, the sales numbers um, and, and how much cannabis is going for is just not keeping their money people happy. Um, the one thing I will say is the, the companies that are not complaining, right? The companies that are happy right now and are, have adjusted their sales properly to the winds are the ones that aren't simply focused on the product itself, right? They're focused on the impact of the product, advancing the brands, protecting the brands, or or penetrating those brands and what you have to offer. Because again, you know, good cannabis is sometimes not enough. You have to have a good support and something to drive it to go forward. Um, in the same way is that if you have a really good driving force and a really good support network, your cannabis doesn't have to be that great because it'll succeed. Um, so I'm seeing some smart adjustment of sales where people are, are, are making, uh, you know, good decision making and, and, and thinking about cannabis, not just as a green leafy substance and not just as a party, uh, but seeing it more as a, as a real commodity and real business. Um, but I'm also seeing what I, and I, I applaud the bigger companies that um, aren't necessarily focused on just Michigan. Where does Michigan play into the larger cycle? How can they advance their brands in other states? Um, and how can they really protect the value of the efficiency of their product, right? It's to say, if you can grow so much cannabis in so much time for so much of a cost, and that's profitable, can you stay that way? Right. And I think what we're seeing is that with the um, the projections failing, right, with people yeah. not predicting five hundred dollar pound, you know, they've spent their perhaps are spending foolish money elsewhere. But I also um, the one thing I encourage all the the companies that I talk to that have existed prior to, let's say, 2019 is take a look at your legacy costs, their legacy cost of who you're paying, what you're paying for, all this promised forward debt going and, and what you're doing in terms of, of who you promise to pay what, um, you'll likely never get out of that legacy debt. You'll never, all of those things may fold your company and you might be better off starting over with fewer or lesser obligations because what you did is you, you got involved when pot was a million bucks and when the cannabis industry was a guaranteed million dollars and you have spent that million dollar speculation while you are participating at a time when pod is now worth about 500 bucks so that that big disconnect you know it's the same thing as you're you know building palaces during the time of great depression didn't work out you have to adjust so i think what you're going to see is more business business readjustment or let's say um uh, a business reorganization don't call it bankruptcy but a business restructuring that's going to be, frankly put a lot of debt holders in a bad spot yeah 
Yeah, no, that's that's a good analysis. Yeah, and, and which ones we'll be able to cut and and keep going and in, in, in an environment. What does that debt look like? Did they get into a REIT? Do they own their real estate? Um, is it is it generational wealth? You know, I'm hearing different different. Um, some, there's some big companies out there that are all privately funded and, you know, um, you don't get generational wealth by losing money. Um, so, like, you know, that's that's starting to 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 hit, too. So, yeah, man, it's it's going to be a wild, wild, another wild year in Michigan cannabis. Um, yep, but yep. And the cannabis stuff is going to be like student debt, right, where it's going to be compounded interest. Mm-hmm. I, I top all these huge amounts. And then even if I'm paying you, you know, a thousand bucks a month, I'm going to be paying you for the next 5,000 months and I'll never get out of this debt. Yeah. And the and every every month that goes on, it goes like that. Your cost to enterprise, yep. the produce that pound goes up. So now we could keep talking. And uh, I wanted to yep. give uh, Nate and Kevin a chance to say you know, really uh, goodbye, but also thanks. And, you know, say something to you real quick, Paul, too, because I uh, apologize for hogging the show today, fellas. Um, it's 30, almost 30 minutes and feels like we just started. I got some uh, time. Go ahead, please. All right, cool. Yeah, all right, Nate, go ahead. Uh, you know, um, say hi to Paul. Quick question, if you want. You know, I, I appreciate that, Paul. And I, I think, um, you know, I always look at things from like a marketing perspective. And I think it's really interesting that what you said. I, I, I see this happen a lot of times where the only sales pitch brands have are what is my um, cost and what is my THC percentage. And that is such a losing. Like you're, it's like swimming through quicksand. You're never going to win that against Walmart. So a lot of these other brands, um, you know, have, it's interesting to see kind of the hurry up, oops, we need to have a brand moment um, that's happening with a lot of people. And it's, it's interesting because it's complicated um, that a lot of these companies, like, I think it's really interesting that you said, you don't have to grow the best cannabis. So many people fall into this trap of, I got to grow the best stuff and get 1800 a pound and cool, you sold three pounds this month. Like that's probably not gonna, you know, keep the lights on or something. So it's 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 interesting to see that sweet spot of cost, you know, quality, cost, value, experience. Everybody's trying to, you know, balance this teeter-totter in their own way. And I think it's interesting to, to see that all kind of come to fruition. So I wanna say thank you for your help with Glenn. Thank you for being a great uh, industry actor and continuing the, the fight in a lot of different ways. And I know a lot of people owe you a uh, debt of gratitude for uh for helping with their records i'm just sharing my candy that's all just sharing what i got like that i'm gonna steal some of that i think uh uh kevin um you know it sounds like pause a little more time if you got a question or say thanks i know kevin's a a beneficiary of our glenn program uh as well yeah yeah i am and and my question uh, directly pertains to that um yeah, Paul, we haven't had a chance to meet, so it's great to meet you and, and hear some Likewise. of your, your experience. Um, it sounds like you're a true legend and a, and a great guy uh, coming up uh, with the experiences you've had in your past. Uh, very similar in my, in my situation. I had some legal trouble growing up, but luckily in the last 20, 25 years, I've been, I've been real good. So, um, But I can totally relate to some of the things you were saying. Um, my question is um, about the expungements. Um, you know, are these, each one of these expungements that you do, are each one of them individually, do they have their own complications to them? Or is this becoming something that's very standardized um, in the courts that you're dealing with and it's it's relatively easy to get done? And then my, my follow-up question to that is, um, uh, what do you think uh, the, the chances are that we get something done statewide to kind of just automate this process at some point and stop wasting uh, the court's time? Uh, to answer the second question first, I think that they're going to move towards that because the the 
the getting the program off the ground was the first part and then showing that the program was successful um is going to then create and really it's the demand and the um them being overworked they're going to have to create efficiencies from that right and 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 the the funny part about the expungement program is that we were last year where the MMA was in 2010 and 11 which was they had two people in the computer processing several hundred applications and they could only do a couple a day which is why the backlog and why the answers took so long so that yes they'll they'll likely be some efficiencies and there will certainly be a um what's this i guess once it's a staffing issue once that's resolved they'll be able to have um uh the uh the process more streamlined because it's really a matter of checking boxes and, and making sure that you know if the, all of the if then therefores all amount to eligibility and now to answer the first question was is there becoming a pattern and are these becoming a little a little simpler as they go on and to a degree yes because when you you know and it really depends on the type of offenses where um you know some judges will say hey you had a a a simple assault from 1984 when you were in college and you haven't had a fat since there isn't very much discussion the discussion usually happens when the um the defendant has multiple offenses in a row and the judge will ask about eligibility through the time frame and what i'm seeing more now is which i expected is prosecutors are now becoming more um objectionable to certain positions. And I had one and and I love this is one of my favorite stories of this year. I had a, a prosecutor object to my client's eligibility for an expungement up in the middle of nowhere. And I had the letter from the AG's office indicating that he was eligible. The prosecutor said my client wasn't eligible. And I told the judge, I said, "You know, judge, I'm happy to write a brief on this matter to explore why the highest attorney why the highest attorney in the land says my client's eligible." but a county prosecutor from the middle of Michigan says he's not. So the judge says, "Fine, write the motion." So I wrote the attorney general's office and I said, "Dear attorney general, this prosecutor says I'm wrong. I say I'm right. Who's right?" The attorney general writes me back saying, "You're right for these reasons." In my brief, all I did was I printed out the email. I started the brief. I put one line in there. I said, "Line 1, see exhibit A. Exhibit A was the email saying I'm right and that was my response." So, in terms and it's just like, you know, you're going to tell me I'm wrong like right here. I got two of them right here over both of you, right? And and but that's the story. It's like how how does the AG's office tell me that I'm right and you smart ass think that I'm wrong, right? So, the judge you have it right here. The AG says I'm right, I'm right. That's the eligibility. So, it's more of like the you know, and and I have a feeling that that prosecutor didn't like the the shade of my client's skin didn't like his other criminal record didn't like the nature of the offense on which he was convicted and i think he was you know trying to save the world rather than save my client um so like it's that kind of stuff you're getting resistance because you'll get some of the whole hey this bad guy doesn't deserve to have us off the record but most of it is hey he's eligible he's eligible I'll see you later which is great yeah Yeah, that's uh it's that's that's interesting. It's getting there and you know, I think it's there's no there's no reason not to now. The elections are over. I mean, shoot, like uh I think it was Oregon that just said, "Hey, we're pardoning 45,000 people with a stroke of a pen." And Biden came out and tweeted like took kind of took credit for it. I mean, like if if Biden's left of this of 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 our Democrats now, that's not the case. Like, come <laughs> on, there's all the cover in the world. 
And, you know, I just saw a great article with Graham Filler, who was a champion, um, you know, of, of the 19 law as well. He, he was reelected. Um, it's, it's bipartisan. So, like, let's, you know, like I always say, you know, it's great doing what we've done. Um, it's been a lot of hard work and, and maybe we needed to do this in order to show the state that it worked. But like, I'd, I'd much rather be doing something else. There's a lot of other, um, you know, people that have been affected by the war on cannabis that need help and, and, and avenues and, and getting the jobs and the training. But, you know, this expungement deal is the first step. So we'd like to not be doing it. State, please take it over. Um, right. Just wipe it free. Get everyone their expungement. Nobody's against it now. I mean, there's nothing not doing it. So, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, as, as sitting here, that would be a nice, nice focus, you know, pushed a bill in a while. And that'd be a great bill to, to push. You know, that's, the, uh, that's the one thing that I'd like to see is I want to see the, what I would call the caregiver felonies removed automatically. Mm -hmm. The guys that had, you know, whether I had 12 or 24, so they weren't possession misdemeanors they were your caregiver felonies right that were hey this is a technical violation this is how we dinged in the past i want to see a device for those to be automatic but my conversation last year with um uh, uh senator his name is escaping me right now but he had said that there was no appetite for them to differentiate those types of felonies within the whole structure which i understand as a practical matter but you know as a simple matter you should be able to say hey look here here's my police report here's my patient card this is eligible yep. get rid of it you can do what's right you know they do a lot of crazy I, stuff with the law i mean hey sorry it's not making it easy um yeah it's um, baby steps right the, the police what's this thing the police show up on horse whereas justice arrives on foot mm -hmm. or police show up by car and justice arrives on foot so it's a it's a it's a speed issue really Yep, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, well, uh, I wanted to give you a chance here to, uh, you know, say goodbye to everybody before before we got to go. Um, I appreciate you know, any, it. Any final words and uh, words of wisdom for the listeners out there? Keep doing it. Keep doing it because we are the trailblazers. We are the pioneers. We are the ones that take all the arrows to the chest and we clear the path for those around us and those behind us to succeed. And that's, you know, we know each other from that. And, and that is our, uh, that's our gift, right? That is what we have to offer. That's why we're here, right? This, we're offering information and experience from the edge, right? Because we're pushing that edge. And we're the ones, everybody I see here on the screen, we're the ones that have, you know, done the work and carried the water and, and, and made it to where others can do the same, right? We all rise, we all rise together. We all help each other succeed. Um, and, and seeing that and pushing that, right? I, I have no problem. You wanna call me, I always say, call me. You wanna tell me a joke, settle a bet. You got any questions? You have anything, please. I mean, my, my phone number is available to everybody. You call me, text me, whatever it is. I'm more than happy to give you information that will keep you out of trouble rather than have to have you pay me to get you out of trouble. I love, I love working myself out of a job. I love it because at that point, right, if I can give you two minutes for your one second question that's going to advance your life for the next years without stumbling, I got no problem with that. I want you to have that. You know, again, unless I got to put a tie on and go somewhere and talk to another lawyer or talk to a judge, I can work for free. You can ask me anything you want. Don't be afraid.
You know, I really uh, appreciate all that, Paul, and, and your point of view. And, you know, I, I do like the fact that you got a little edge to you on, on the lawyers and the prosecutors and different people that, that weren't there. You know, um, this was weighing heavy. I was going off this morning on a phone call um, on this type of stuff. So, um, you know, there's a, you know, there's a podcast I listen to uh, national and, you know, um, I'm not going to name the name, but you guys can get it. Here's my kind of my, you know, you might be a uh, type joke, but you know, if you were a caregiver in 2010 and we, and have been a caregiver since, uh, the, you know, the MMFLA and, and we've, you know, we've never seen you, never saw you when we were getting, um, you know, cracked over the head, helping ad ad advance it, you know, and you're growing in your dad's basement and he's, fr he's fronting the bills. You know, you're not a, you're not a pioneer. Uh, you know, you're not a, a marijuana legend. And if you, um, also, if you're only a legislative, uh, um, you know, I guess, uh, uh, contributions is starting the MCMA and uh, trying to go after <laughs> caregivers and, and keep all people like us out of it. You're not a, a pioneer in the legalization aspect in Michigan. Don't do it. Quit. Knock it off. Like like we we got here. We were all here. This you can make stuff up to to the national audience, but you know you're gonna get called out just like you always do. And there's there's different groups doing that. And I think we know who I'm I'm talking about now. It's like knock knock it off. Like you know, and you're not you're not. The, the term were cannabis people that got into business. Like, nobody's buying that. Like, you know, like it's, like, it's not like, like it's, 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 it's bad. So like, you know, being, being, being honest is, you know, this is cannabis. Like we've been here, we've done it. Um, we are willing to die over it, you know, and, and lose everything. So like, you know, that, that's what, that's why I get so offended. You know, I, I'm here for everybody to do it, but don't, don't make stuff up. I mean, that's that's obnoxious. So, you know, it was great having you on, Paul, because like you, you know, hearing about oh, yeah. it on your end with the, with the prosecutors and the judges, yeah, it pisses you off. We were there. We heard what you said. We saw what you did to that family. You know, so, um, you know, thanks for. Uh, I'm gonna end it on a positive note, but like, thanks for uh, you know, uh, keeping watch out there and and doing all the great work. And uh, you know, I'm glad we got this a little bit of extra time on the show and. Uh, so you're going to go uh, kick some ass in court. So uh, with that, uh, we'll see everybody next week. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. What a pleasure. Have a great one. Take The Smoke and Rope Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at ryanb at redemptioncanna.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.